Greetings and salutations to all you Billy the Kid fans, fanatics, haters, lovers, whatever you are. It's me, Michael A.G. Michael A.G., that could be my new nickname. (laughs) For all things Billy, the podcast. And uh, welcome back to another episode. Um, I spent this morning typing out uh, like dozens of uh, Facebook messages to a to a friend of mine, uh, telling him all about all of the stuff I have <laughs> to release after um, after my film, The Final Trial of Billy the Kid, comes out. And he, I got a lot of Jesus Christ, holy cow, you know that kind of stuff. Uh, but I'm not doing any of that until the film is first out. And I wish I could tell you that it was out now. I wish I could tell you I had any idea uh, when it would be out, but I can't tell you any of those things. I can tell you that Liam from Film Hub, which is my distributor, says that Amazon is now taking between two and 12 weeks, two and 12 weeks, uh, in order to release new films. And it has been just over six weeks in my case, and it has not been released as of today. So we could be in for a longer ride. I hope to heck not, but we could be. Um, And there's not a damn thing that any of us can do about it unless you work for Amazon Prime Video Direct and you, you know, have some sway or pull and you can go push the button, you know, in the computer room tonight and (laughs) and get the film released. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about the regulators. Uh, Mel from Jolly Old England says, please talk about the regulators. Uh, I don't know that she sounds anything like that. I don't know that that's a British accent or whatever the hell it is, but uh, sure, well, we'll talk. I'm not that interested in all of the regulators. I know a lot of you are, but I'm not. I mean, but there's a few core guys that have you know some interesting lives and uh, ultimate demise. So today, we're going to talk about diminutive Charlie Bowdry. And uh, I call him diminutive because that's the way I wrote about him in my uh, Back to Billy books. And I don't even know that he was that tiny. He just looks it to me. He looks like a very slight kind of fellow, like an impish, elfish kind of guy that you could carry around in your shirt pocket. Uh, So we're going to talk about the life and times and death of Charles Bowdry and uh, his appearance in film. Not the real Charlie Bowdry, but being uh, portrayed by actors and uh, anything else we can dig up on him, including uh, a bunch of misinformation that you can find online. And misinformation is the word of the day. Um, it's it's incredible that if you're in the Billy the Kid world, that you, you know, literally on a regular basis run into things that are just out and out wrong all the time, but they're printed as fact. I mean, wrong by a mile or, you know, things that clearly never happened or people that never existed. And um, when you go searching for the life and times of Charles Bowdry, you find that as well. So. We'll uh, see if we can pick that apart and anything else that comes to mind. On All Things Billy, we'll be right back after this. All right, we're back to talk about the life and times of Charles Bowdry, regulator and pal and gang member of Billy the Kid. All right. So what we know about Charlie, Charlie is born in Wilkes County, Georgia, 1848, 1848, which means he fights in the Lincoln County War at the age of 30 years old. 
So he's a, a well-established gentleman by that point. I think he's a year or two younger than Doc Skurlock, if memory serves. Uh, and by the way, those guys were friends before the war. We'll get to that. Um, but Charlie Bowdry's not a young gun. 30 years old, I don't think was considered young in the Old West. It probably was middle-aged based on the life expectancy. Uh, so he was not the pugilistic, back-and-forth, dancing Charlie Bowdry of Young Guns, played very well by Casey Shamasco. Pretty sure that's the way you say it. And uh, uh, who knows if he knew the difference between uh, I and we, or whatever it might be. You know, Charlie, the uh, grammar nerd from Young Guns as well. But in any event, uh, he moves to Mississippi when he's three years old, so that'd be uh, 1851. And uh, Charlie works on his father's farm. His father's a farmer. Charlie um, learns the trade and probably should have stayed a farmer if he wanted to stay alive. Now, I get it. You know, we go west, young man, and it's exciting and there's opportunity and those kind of things. But the thing is for Charlie, being a farmer, being a rancher, owning a cheese factory, which he did with uh, Doc Skurlock, he had the talent to do other things. He was the foreman on uh, uh, the Yerby Ranch. So there really was no need. There was no real need for him to continue rustling and stealing horses and cattle after the Lincoln County War. He could have found a way to face up to his charges for the murder of Buckshot Roberts, the killing of Buckshot Roberts, let's call it. Um, and he could have lived a productive life doing something. If you remember during Billy the Kid's trial in La Masia, uh, the, he was also charged with the, uh, ter a federal charge of killing or aiding in the killing of Buckshot Roberts. And that charge was dismissed because it's not federal land. It's private land. So the feds had no business making that charge. It would have had to come from the territory, from the county, somebody, but not from the feds. And I don't know that far after the fact if anybody would have refiled that unless the family of Roberts may be pressed politically. But Charlie could have walked into court, had Ira Leonard represent him and said, hey, this is a federal charge, but sorry, that's private land. It's not federal. And so you have to dismiss this for lack of jurisdiction. And the judge would have said, oh, OK, dismissed. So Charlie could have gotten away from that, but he didn't. But he did farm. He made his way in 1874 to Lincoln County, New Mexico. And somewhere along the line, he opened a cheese factory on the Gila River with Doc Skurlock. And uh, I know the movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but I would love to see the movie Charlie and the Cheese Factory. I would love that river of melting nacho cheese and you ride a corn chip raft down there and, you know, take just bury your head in there. You know, take some whenever you want. Oh my gosh, would that be awesome? It, have you ever seen a uh, a wedding or a party where they have a cheese fountain and that gooey, hot, melty cheese just drips over the edges and you just shove stuff in it? That's what she said. Um, you know, bread or chips or vegetables or something. Oh my goodness. That could have been the life of Charlie and the Cheese Factory Bowdry if he just sold his story to a production company. But alas, he did not. So he uh, and Skurlock became friends. Uh, and uh, prior to the Lincoln County War, 
Um, they uh, scuffled and, you know, gotten a, a few scrapes here and there. Um, according to Wikipedia, on July 18, 1876, uh, Bowdry, Skurlock, Frank and George Cohen, Ab Saunders uh, stormed the Lincoln Jail, which was just the pit at that point, freeing cattle rustler Jesus Largo uh, from Sheriff Saturnino Baca. And they took Largo and hung him. No charges were ever filed. No charges were ever filed. You know, you just, uh, the guys, you know, you took him, you killed him, you circumvented the trial maybe. So, okay, move on. Uh, also, August 5th, 1877, and here we are really just before the formative stages of the Lincoln County War. He and a companion, doesn't say who, were arrested for shooting up the town of Lincoln while intoxicated. Well, I think that may have been Charlie's vice because there are other reports of Charlie uh, being a, a heavy drinker. But there are reports of a lot of people in the Old West being heavy drinkers. So Charlie was certainly not alone in that, um, uh, you know, in that vice. Um, but clearly, August of 1877, he's in Lincoln and uh, on the payroll of John Tunstall, uh, along with, uh, you know, Dick Brewer and uh, Skurlock and others. And of course, you can see the formation of the regulators, right? Early in 1876, the co-brothers or the co-cousins, uh, Ab Saunders, like all, all these guys are in this universe. So when war does break out, you are not surprised to see one side and, and who makes that up against the other side. You know, I was uh, chatting with somebody um, on the last couple of days and, you know, talking about after the war and what, what the regulators did. And, you know, some of these guys just wound up from opposite sides, wound up just being friends again, which I imagine they probably were beforehand or acquaintances or they worked together. And it was really very little, or in some cases, no hard feelings to think that, you know, the regulators versus the, uh, you know, the Murphy and Dolan guys uh, remained bitter enemies till the end is just not true. Um, and it just as a matter of practicality, there was only so many people, there was only so many jobs, you know, there was only so many, you know, places you could not run into somebody. And so if you're going to carry a grudge forever, you're going to lead a pretty lonely life, probably locked up in your room. And I think that's much like you might find in the Civil War where relatives fought against each other, depending on which side of the line on the map that you lived. But after the war was over, you became friends. Hell, the Hatfields and McCoys are friends now. And even in the days of the big Hatfield and McCoy feud, there were, you know, uh, romantic relationships and friendships and those kind of things between them. So uh, it's not as black and white as people might believe when you look at one side versus the other. But at least in the early stages of the Lincoln County War, Charles Bowdry, he is for sure on the side of uh, Tunstall and uh, McSween. So uh, what about the war? Well, I mean, you know all about that. We don't have to, <laughs> we don't have to uh, review the whole thing. Um, uh, as uh, the regulators form, it's of course Billy uh, Chavez, E. Chavez, uh, Dick Brewer, Jim, Big Jim French, the Coes, etc. Um, and uh, Bowdry was present when uh, Morton Baker and McCloskey are killed in the Blackwater Draw. And uh, March 9, that's March 9, 1878. April 4, 
April 4, just three days after Brady is gunned down on the main street of Lincoln. That's the gunfight at Blazers Mills. And Bowdry uh, was shot uh, by Roberts, hit in the uh, the buckle, the belt buckle, as uh, as legend tells us, and knocks his gun off. And Bowdry is the one that is credited with firing the killing shot, the gut shot in Roberts, who doesn't die for a couple more days. And that's got to be pretty agonizing because I don't know if there's a whole lot that they could do, you know, gut shot. It's not like you just dig your hand in and pull the bullet out and go, Hey, all is cool. Um, you know, there's, there's quite a way in the number, you know, you've got intestines, you've got stomach, you've got liver, you've got kidneys. Um, you know, you, you have all those pieces there. If you get caught up in the chest and the shoulders, there could be less stuff, you know, misses the heart, maybe grazes the lung, maybe not, but you know, down low, that's why when you get firearms training, they two shot center mass because that's where all the stuff is. So, uh, so he fires the shot that ultimately kills Buckshot Roberts on April fourth, and uh, Bowdry is uh, charged with that federal charge of murder. I don't know if it was in the first or second degree. I would imagine it would have to be second degree because first degree means premeditated and the regulators didn't go after Roberts. He showed up at Blazer's Mills accidentally when they were there looking for a check from the sale of his ranch. I think the check was for 300 bucks. Again, I'm testing my memory here, but um, a whole ranch for 300 bucks. That does not sound like much money. I think those guys rode for about 40, 50, 60 bucks a month. So you're talking about six months worth worth of work to buy a ranch. Take six months worth of your salary now and go buy a ranch. <laughs> I don't think you can do it. I don't think it's possible. So there was some good value in land those days. We should have been back there and bought all those places up. In any event, uh, the Lincoln County War uh, culminates with the Battle of Lincoln. Bowdry is present there. And I uh, don't believe he was in the McSween house. He was uh, with uh, one of the other factions of around 20 men who really couldn't do much to help at all. And so uh, poor Charlie, uh, you know, sees the war end and his side loses. Although, of course, in the end, we know everybody lost. The regulators kick around for a few more weeks afterward, but ultimately they decide, look, this is stupid. The war's over. McSween's dead. Tunstall's dead. There's no money. Nobody's paying us. You know, we're outlaws here. Let's get the hell out of here. And Bowdry and Doc Skurlock, who are married married to sisters, by the way, um, are picking up and heading for the place where Charlie will spend the rest of eternity, and that's Fort Sumner, New Mexico. Talk more about that after this. So the Lincoln County War is over. Charlie and Bowdry, Doc Skurlock, have moved back or have moved to Fort Sumner. They're working in the employ of Pete Maxwell. And... Uh, Bowdry becomes foreman of the ranch of Thomas Yerby at some point. Uh, the uh, Billy and the rest of his gang, whoever still was around, continue to stick around. Now, it, it's pretty clear at this point that Charlie was making an effort, right? He's married to Manuela Bowdry, 
And Manuela is the sister of Maria Antonia Miguela Herrera, known as Antonia Herrera and Manuela Herrera. So she becomes Antonia Skurlock. And the sister, Manuela, becomes Manuela Bowdry. They live in Fort Sumner. But uh, the, uh, the, the intent is there. He's got an honest job running the Yerby Ranch. But he just can't break his ties with Billy and the boys. Why do you think that is? Don't know. Too much drinking? Not enough drinking? Not enough excitement running a ranch? I mean, maybe the, the, uh, the kiss of death for Bowdry was he just needed more excitement than a real job could provide. Manuela could have provided some of that real excitement, I would think. But uh, nevertheless, he continues to sporadically on and off be riding and involved in Billy's activities. And he's warned by Pat Garrett later on, look, you got to cut ties. You want to go straight? You want to live, you know, a, a healthy and productive <laughs> life without, you know, uh, uh, being worried that there's a gun pointed at you? You got to cut ties with those, with those guys. And uh, Charlie is just unable to do it. Um. We'll get to uh, the picture uh, at some point, uh, but in any event. So Bowdry continues through 1879, 1880, on and off, on and off. You'll do this with Billy, go back to work at the ranch. In the 1880 census, he is uh, found, whether he was there or not, at the Yerby Ranch with Manuela and with William H. Bonney or Billy Bonney, Cowhand, aged 25. That's what the 1880 census says. So they actually have Billy living at the Yerby Ranch in 1880. Now, I don't know that he was. He may have been there. The census taker comes by, doesn't know who anybody is, says, okay, who are you? How old are you? Do you live here? Yes, yes, yes. Could have been pretty simple. In fact, could have been some misdirection on the part of Billy saying, yeah, I live here so that people might look for him there. And he might be somewhere else. But the fact that he maintained a presence there, uh, you know, uh, until late 1880, continuing to engage Charlie in his activities, means that he, he probably was very familiar with the place. Age 25, don't know where that came from. The thing with the census, and I think we've discussed this before, is the census taker doesn't note who they saw in person. I don't even know if they check IDs. They go in, they say, hey, here's what the, here's the records. Here's what says the people live here. And is that you and who else lives here? So it could have been Manuela and said, yes, it's uh, my husband, Charlie, and his friend, Billy Bonney. He's, uh, I think he's 25. Could have been that. Could have been Billy himself saying, yeah, I live here and I'm 25. <laughs> Sucker. Or he could have been Billy and said, I live here and I am 25. And he could have been telling the truth. Recent evidence points that Billy was younger than 21, not older, but the one legitimate document we have that says his age says that he's 25 years old in 1880, which would have made him 26 or close to it in 1881. So uh, Charlie continues to ride in December, early December, he has a, a crisis of conscience. And he says, you know what? I, I, I don't want to live like this anymore. I got a wife. 
And he wasn't crying about it like he did in Young Guns. Eh, I got a pretty little wife. Uh, you know, I got to get back to her, Billy. And I don't think he was doing that. But he meets Pat Garrett on the road outside of Fort Sumner in an arranged parlay. And Charlie says, hey, I want to go straight. But I have this charge. I've got a federal charge. You know, I give myself up. I, I could be I could be hanged. Can you help me? And Garrett says, in essence, look, I'll talk to the you know, prominent citizens of the territory who will speak up on your behalf. It's not like you're going to not have to go to trial, but you may get some leniency, exemption. You may get a pardon, but I will do that for you. But you need to stop riding with the kid. And Bowdry says, okay, I will. But they keep coming by the ranch and I, you know, I have to feed him. I can't, I can't turn them away. Now, whether Charlie said that out of guilt, like, hey, I can't just turn these guys away, they're my friends, or whether he said it out of fear, like if I turn them away, they'll know that I'm flipping and they'll kill me or kill my wife or both of us, uh, we don't know. I don't know. But it's pretty clear that at least by that point, early in December, Charlie had determined that his life was going in the wrong direction and he wanted to turn it in the right direction. The, uh, the problem was <laughs> he didn't do that. And uh, by late December of 1880, well, he'll be dead in the company of Billy the Kid. The, uh, that is all precipitated by uh, Bowdry and the rest of the gang riding into Fort Sumner under cover of night, uh, December the 20th, 23rd-ish. Gosh, again, I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, when uh, Folliard is killed, they're riding in town. They've been given the word that, you know, Garrett and his men left and, you know, didn't want to be attacked. And so the guys are out in the snowstorm on the plains. And yeah, let's let's get the hell in there. Let's Let's reclaim what's ours. Let's get a hot meal and some hot women. And uh, they ride in. Garrett and his men file out, throw up your hands. Folliard's in front, goes for his gun, gets shot and killed. And just three days later, Charlie's going to suffer the exact same fate at the end of the gun that could very likely have killed Tom Folliard. Talk about that after this. We're back. And it's almost the end for our pal, diminutive Charlie Bowdry. December 20th, Folliard's killed in Fort Sumner. Billy and his men escape. They ride out. And uh, December the 23rd, the uh, it must be the night of the 22nd, uh, Garrett tracks them because they're, you know, it's snowing. It's easy to track the hoof prints of their horses to this rock house at Stinking Springs. And uh, Garrett and his men stay back. They keep quiet. They can hear the men snoring inside. Inside are Wilson, Rudabaugh, Bowdry, Bonnie. I don't think I missed anybody, but I might have. In any event, uh, Garrett essentially tells his men, hey, you know what? I'm going to kill the kid on sight. If I kill him, the rest will 
give up. And if, uh, if not, we're going to be in a gun battle here and that's not what I want. So the, uh, Garrett has information that the uh, kid is wearing a sugarloaf sombrero with a green hat band. One of his informants tells him that at the Wilcox Brazil ranch. And so the next morning, when they finally hear some stirring inside the little rock house, a man comes out with a sombrero and a green hat band. And Garrett lets loose. And gut shots, gut shoots Charlie Bowdry, who was coming out to feed his horse. Bowdry cries out, he's hit, stumbles back into the rock house. And a short time later, somebody, probably Billy the Kid, yells out, Hey, Charlie's hit. He wants to come out and surrender. And uh, he comes out. Uh, the kid, again, this is legend, but pulls his gun belt around so the gun's in front of him, says, go out and take some of them with you. They, you're, you know, you're, you're dead. Get some of them before you go, Charlie. And Charlie comes out and struggles toward Garrett and says, I wish, I wish. And we never get to hear what he wished for. And he falls dead into their arms. And that's the end of one diminutive Charlie and the Cheese Factory boundary. Um, what happened there? Well, I think Garrett just said, hey, you know, I see the kid, I'm going to kill him. He's the guy I'm after. If I kill him, the other guys give up because they know I'm probably not going to kill them. I don't, I'm not, they're not all wanted for murder. And so Garrett does what he thinks is right, uh, kills another man. Uh, kind of accidentally thinking that they were Billy the Kid. You know, Follier went for his gun, but they couldn't tell who that was. They just shot whoever it was. And then Bowdry's mistakenly killed. So this, uh, you know, especially the killing of Bowdry starts to set up the speculation that Garrett shoots the wrong man uh, six or seven months later in July in Fort Sumner because he's done it a couple times already. He's got a track record. He's two for two in shooting in not shooting Billy, shooting and killing Billy the Kid. Perfect record. Um, but uh, Bowdry is uh, cared for. Now, here's where you can find some misinformation. Uh, this is a website called Legends of America. And uh, when you read through this, um, here's, the, here's the way it talks about the stinking springs uh, incident. When Garrett called for the men's surrender, This is ridiculous. <laughs> when Garrett called for the men's surrender, Billy responded, meaning Billy the Kid, by firing several shots. The posse returned the gunfire, and as Bowdry was passing by a window, he was hit in the chest and screamed, I'm killed, Billy. They killed me. Well, that's not at all what the testimony was from the people on site. First of all, there was no gunfight before then. The very first shot that anybody heard was the one that killed Bowdry. Uh, it it uh, it continues. Um, Billy responds by pushing him out the door, telling him to get revenge before he died. But Charlie didn't have the strength to fire and was soon hit several more times. Again, no evidence of that. His body lay there for two more days as the posse kept up the siege until the outlaws out of food and water finally surrendered. <laughs> like almost none of that really happened. That's classic fake news right there. Bowdy didn't lay there for two days dead. 
He wasn't hit several more times that I've ever heard of. He was hit once and then he died. And, uh, you know, the, the posse let him come out peacefully to surrender. It's just he was too far gone by that point. But he never lifted his gun to fire at them. And he certainly wasn't killed while he was walking past the window. Garrett was very clear. The guy came out. I saw him. I thought he was Billy the Kid, so I fired on him. There was no gunfight prior to that. Eventually, of course, Billy and the gang give up. And uh, Garrett and his, uh, splits his posse. And uh, you know they take Charlie's body back to Fort Sumner where a demented, I think that's the word he used, Manuel Abowdry, cursed and pounded Garrett's chest as they, you know, as Charlie's body slips and falls on the floor. The uh, famous photo of Charlie, uh, which, you know, he really does look like a little elf, like a Christmas elf, you know, in a cute way. Um, but uh, that's got bloodstains on it. That photo is taken off of Bowdry's body. So he carries the photo of himself and his wife with him. I wonder if he knew. I wonder if he knew he's never going to see her again. I mean, yeah, I mean, guys used to carry pictures in their wallet and that kind of thing. But that seems like, you know, if you're, you're not going to answer that, are we? Well, we might have to. So stand by <laughs> until after this. Okay, we're back. Crisis averted. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the photo is there. Charlie carries it around with him. You know, did, did he know? It just seemed like the kind of thing you would leave at home. And it's not like there were dozens of photos of Charlie and Manuela, but maybe she had one at the house. Uh, maybe, maybe he carried one. I don't know. Nice photo though. Um, so a couple things, it does have blood on it because it was taken off his body. People have speculated. And if you look at Manuela, um, she's got her hand on her stomach and her stomach area is protruding. It could be the dress. It could be the, whatever the heck is underneath. I don't know what you call that a bustle or something. Um, but people have speculated that she may have been pregnant at the time that Charlie was killed. And I certainly could see this woman could be pregnant. The only thing is she's got this ridiculously tiny belt on, like pulling her waist in. And it, it just, it just seems like you wouldn't be able to put that on, uh, you know, over the, <laughs> over the baby, like over the baby's head. Um, but, uh, there's, uh, there isn't any, uh, legitimate documentation of the son of Charlie Bowdry anywhere. So the answer is we just don't know. In fact, Manuela pretty quickly disappeared uh, from history as well, unless she became Isadora Miller married to John Miller, but I certainly don't think so. So in any event, uh, the picture uh, was taken from the body by Garrett and kept as a memento. In other words, Garrett kept it. That's not much of a memento, a bloody picture from the guy you murdered. He passed it on to his son Jarvis, and then Jarvis sold it to a collector many years ago. So it's in a private collection now. And uh, there are actually two pictures that are very similar, probably taken in the same sitting. The pose is slightly different. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what we have left, that in the grave of Charlie Bowdry. Um, and Bowdry is uh, buried shortly thereafter in the uh, old post cemetery in Lincoln, right next to Tom of Folliard. And a Folliard is his body's barely cold by this point. And Garrett adds to the, the uh, tally. If you look at the map that Charles Dudrow 
drew in 1906, you'll see that it looks like Folliard's grave is, again, a row away or half a row to the west of Boundaries and Billy's. Don't know why, unless there's, you know, probably, hey, there's another body there already. Like there's another grave. And so they just put Folliard wherever they could. And maybe they tried to put Charlie right next to him, but they ran into a grave to the west. So they had to move him down a little. Who knows? There's a lot of unmarked graves in that cemetery. Or they hit some caliche or some, I don't know, roots of a tree that they couldn't move. I mean, I guess there could be a lot of reasons. I don't think they were going for aesthetics at that point. But uh, yeah, Boundary and Folliard uh, were, uh, you know, buddies to some degree in life and now rest together in all of eternity, if you believe in all of eternity and such. And, uh, and that was it. Uh, as to what happens with Manuela, um, I've seen, you know, a few, uh, you know, here, here, or there, she would did this, she did that, but does she really kind of disappeared uh, from history after that? If she had a child, we don't know about it. If she remarried somebody, we don't know who it was or where she lived or any of those things. If you know, I'd like to know, you can always email the show, again at gmail.com or go on Twitter at btkrides. And uh, it wouldn't be long before Billy would join them. Just a scant seven months later, just shy of seven months later, Billy would join them or something would join them and Billy would get away. So we'll get to that at some other point we've talked about it but you know we'll we'll figure out what happened on that night um at some point in the future but that's regulator charlie bowdry uh dies in 1880 at the age of roughly 32 years old and uh sorry to see you go um interestingly in uh, popular culture charlie bowdry was played by james congdon in the 58 film, The Left-Handed Gun, that's uh, the one with Paul Newman. Uh, Ron Sobel plays Charlie Bowdry in the John Wayne film, Chisholm. Charles Martin Smith, you remember him? Little kind of uh, interesting, funny looking guy with the glasses. He was in the Buddy Holly story. He played the bass player. Um, he was in, I think he was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Charles Martin Smith, uh, maybe he was in Starman. No, Starman, I think he was in. Uh, he plays Boundary and Sam Peckinpah's, Peckinpah's Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid in 1973. Of course, in 88, he's portrayed by Casey Shamasco, Young Guns. And uh, they had screwed that all up. They had killed Charlie off at the five-day Battle of Lincoln, which only took like yeah, like 25 minutes, but um, then he should have been alive. So they had to kill off Kiefer Sutherland in his place in the same scenario in Young Guns 2. Um, and then uh, Chris Bilsma, a New Mexico actor, was cast as Bowdry in the film The Kid uh, a couple of years back. I don't think there were that there were any lines for uh, Bilsma in that film. I think he, I don't think Bowdry ever spoke. So um, there you go. But, um, and Jim Hallman, my buddy, portrayed Charlie Bowdry in my film, 
in their own words, Billy the Kid in the Lincoln County War. So that's missing from Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jim Hallman did a nice job of uh, portraying Charlie and we interviewed him and he recounted that awful day. So you can add that to the list. But that's one of the regulators. There were others, uh, but there were not many that were closer for a longer period of time. Folliard came up from Texas toward the end of the Lincoln County War and was a very good friend of the kid, maybe his closest friend. But Bowdy had been there since the kid arrives in Lincoln County. And if you look amongst um, the rest of Billy's gang, Folliard, Bowdy, Billy Wilson, was he there for the entire Lincoln County War? Rudabaugh had nothing to do with the war. So, you know, Billy had uh, just a couple of people that he had history with that he could really rely upon. And Garrett put an end to those two really, really quickly. Um, and so rests the soul of Charles Merriweather Bowdry, also a great middle name, Merriweather. Who else? Well, there's plenty of other important regulators, and you've got the co-cousins, you've got Dick Brewer, you've got Doc Skurlock, of course, but uh, but this is where we started with little Charlie Bowdry. Uh, any uh, announcements about the film will be here whenever there's something to announce, so don't, uh, don't panic about that. I'll make sure it'll be on all the channels, and uh, we've got some interesting stuff coming up as i say every week but some of it just has to wait has to wait has to wait until the film comes out so hope you enjoyed this episode of all things billy you can uh, down a uh, a shot of uh, old i'm trying to think of doc's favorite doc uh, holiday's favorite whiskey i can't remember old something you can do that in memory of charlie bowdry and his drunken shooting up the town of lincoln in 1876 um, or you can go see pay your respects at his grave uh, right off billy the kid drive in old Fort Sumner, New Mexico. And uh, you can see where Bowdry met his ignominious end uh, at the Rock House in Stinking Springs on private property. There's no Rock House left. There's barely even enough rocks to show where the foundation is, um, which is kind of a shame. No, it's not kind of a shame. It is a shame, but there's it's still there. You need permission to get on that private land. So if you just want to stand on the dirt that is in the place where Charlie Bowdry was shot and killed, I guess you can. And uh, that'll be it for this episode of All Things Billy. Hope to see you all again. Keep researching. Bye. <laughs>